values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. Big news today is the President of the United States with an executive order allowing 1,500 troops to go to the border in mostly an administrative role. We've got a couple of statements, a Department of uh, Homeland Security statement on the request from the DOD. DOD personnel will be performing non-law enforcement duties such as ground-based detection and monitoring, data entry, and warehouse support. DOD personnel have never and will not perform law enforcement activities or interact with migrants or other individuals in DHS custody. This support will be will free up DHS law enforcement personnel to perform their critical law enforcement missions. Um, U.S. Customs and Border Protection is investing in technology and personnel to reduce this need for DOD support in the coming years, and we continue to call on Congress to support us in this task. So here is a statement also attributed to the Pentagon Press Secretary, Brigadier General Pat Ryder. At the request of the Department of Homeland Security, Secretary Austin approved a temporary Department of Defense increase of an additional 1,500 military personnel to supplement U.S. Customs and Border Protection efforts in the U.S. southwest border for 90 days, 1,500 additional troops. Here is a statement from Senator Kirsten Cinema. For over a year, I've urged the administration to plan and act on the impending migrant surge once Title 42 ends. Mobilizing active duty personnel to our southern border will provide some relief to the serious strain in Arizona border communities face every day. The administration must do more to enact a real, workable plan to secure the border, keep Arizona safe and secure, and ensure migrants are treated fairly and humanely. That is uh, Arizona Senior Senator Kirsten Sinema, chair of the board, uh, Senate Board. Board Management Subcommittee. So um, there's been a lot of frustration. Um, I'm glad something is getting done. We know that this is not nearly enough. Um, it is not necessarily too little too late, but it certainly is too little. Uh, but it is a step in the right direction. That's the part of this that I think all of us should at least look at is the fact that it's a step in the right direction. Um, I want you to hear the White House press secretary. I believe this was yesterday that she said this. She talked about illegal immigration, and she has been criticized all over the place for this one. He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way uh, and in a, in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. So migrant activities, uh, crossings have come down 90%. That is an absurd statement, first of all. And it is down from the record-setting migration that was caused by the policies of this administration. It's the same argument they made with gas prices. Look at how far gas prices have come down. Well, not right now in Arizona, but six months ago. Well, you set records. During your time in office, gas prices set records, and so did diesel prices in this country. So they're down from a record level, and you're talking about how far they've fallen. They're still way high. So how how bad is it? Well, here's a headline. El Paso braces for an end of pandemic era rules restricting migration from Mexico. Here's this one. The border crisis laid bare. According to... 
a chief from the Border Patrol, Chief Raul Ortiz. He shared this on Twitter uh, in the Week in Review. One agent assaulted 51,560 apprehensions in one week. Over 51,000 apprehensions, 16,985 gotaways. That's an approximation. It could be more than 17,000. $31,000 in cash was seized, 614 pounds of cocaine, 540 pounds of marijuana, 246 pounds of meth, 54 pounds of fentanyl, 19 pounds of heroin, 10 firearms, 17 sex offenders, and five gang members captured. Um. One of the agents said they dealt with 6,371 encounters, 10 smuggling cases, and arrested 11 principals. This is an agent along the Gulf of Mexico and the border along the Rio Grande. Um, we had the, the chief of patrol for the Tucson sector in with us that talked about 500 rescues of people in a seven-day period. Now, this is fascinating to me. The Washington Post is critical, as well as what is this publication, NBC News. Why did Governor Abbott invoke the immigration status of shooting victims? Why did Governor Abbott slam for calling shooting, shooting victims illegal immigrants? You know what's interesting is that when somebody that you are trying, and I say you to the people that would be upset about this, the shooter was in the country illegally, by the way, and uh, one of the interesting things that is necessary to talk about is if you believe it would be appropriate to make sure you told somebody, if somebody in the country illegally saved five people's lives, if you're an advocate for migrants, you would want it known that this person was in the country illegally but saved five lives. The fact that they shot five, this guy shoots five people and he may be back in Mexico, you don't believe his immigration status is part of the story. Or other people that are victims of crimes because of what's going on in the world, that somehow that's not a part of the story. It's just not true and it's not a fair criticism. My biggest problem, and I've said this many, many times, is I think American greatness is because of its immigration. If you look throughout our history, you go back and it's not because it's a great movie, but one of the probably in most people's minds, the greatest movie or one of the greatest movies ever made were the Godfather movies. Godfather one, Godfather two, Godfather three, not so much, but one and two amazing movies. And it was about Don Corleone. It was about him coming here. Vito Corleone coming to this country as a little boy through Ellis Island, but it also was about the time of immigrants. Um, you see movies where we talk about the immigration into America from other parts of the world. When the Irish came, when, when we saw a lot of people from Europe coming to this country, they built America. The railroads being built by Chinese Americans, um, the Transcontinental Railroad. We have got a rich history of immigrants. And what's fascinating is there's another element of our society that when a segment of the world's population comes to America, they say that that generation of immigrant is kind of the bane of our existence. When Cuba was opened up in the 1970s and the Mariolitos came to South Florida first and then through the rest of the country, people said that it was a horrible decision and it should never have happened. Then we saw people coming from Mexico and Central America. Shouldn't happen. Too many people here. We got to shut it down. It's never been shut down. And it turns out that those generations of people, Cuban Americans that came here in the 1970s, are some of the biggest, most patriotic assets this country has. Yes, there were criminals that come in every group. 
but they also helped build this country. And I think if you want to keep Americans pro-immigration, you've got to stop what's happening with the lack of border security. Again, there's an announcement being made by the Department of Defense, and we will have highlights of that for you throughout the day here on KTAR News in a moment. We get you caught up on the biggest news stories of the day. It's called Did You Hear This? And it happens next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. You may have missed the news while you're working all morning long. We're going to catch you up. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. Judge Scott Blaney denied the city of Phoenix's stay on a ruling to clean up the zone homeless encampment. KTR host and Valley attorney Barry Markson explains how the court came to its decision. The city did not present any new information or arguments uh, beyond what was presented in their original case uh, and instructed the city uh, to continue its efforts. Will the city of Phoenix take ownership of the zone and clean it before the deadline? I think they have to. I, I think that they've got to make every effort and um, because the citizens in that area... So Some of the people that are living in the zone deserve protection from uh, the crimes that are being committed against them. But the business owners certainly deserve to have a neighborhood that they can do business in, they can be proud of. And this judge was right. This has been going on for far too long and it's gotten far too bad and it needs every effort to get it cleaned up. And I'm glad the judge did what he did. A Phoenix police officer was attacked while responding to a domestic violence call. The president of the Phoenix Law Enforcement Association, Daryl Crippling, says he hopes to see people take a stand against violent attacks to police officers. I think that the people who support the police, support law and order, should stand up and, and be be vocal about this. This is not what we accept in our community, that we won't accept this in our community. What has caused an increase in these attacks? You know, I don't know if it's an increase in the attacks or an increase in awareness, but we do know that when we've had to defund the police movement, there was an uptick in crimes against cops. In a situation like this, um, uh, the cop was doing his job. The Maricopa County Attorney's Office did their job by asking for a $100,000 cash bond. But for some reason, and I think this judge should have to answer that question to someone, why did this judge believe that that person shouldn't have to pony up $100,000 in cash to be let out of jail? It was only going to cost $6,000 because of the $60,000 bond but allowed you to pay ten percent to get out. The question here is more about what was it about the viciousness of this attack that that judge had to know about that still believed that this person should be out for $6,000 when he just pummeled this police officer. That's what people should be questioning. You are listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at this time to catch you up on the major headlines. Despite the third bank failure in the last two months, the Federal Reserve is expected to raise interest rates again during their meeting later this week. Analysts say while the Fed is mindful of the bank failure, they haven't seen any systemic issues, leading investors to believe the Fed will raise interest rates once again. But some expect this to be the last hike for now, so policymakers can see if what they've done this past year is enough as inflation is slowing. Will you be surprised? if it's the last rate hike for a while. Yeah, I will be because we are still seeing job growth continue. There is still inflation. Inflation is very high in the gas and food sectors. So until we start price, see prices starting to fall, and unfortunately that's going to go along with people losing their jobs, we are going to continue to see this happening, and I think we are going to see more increases. 
With the expiration of Title 42 looming, the Biden administration has approved more help to the southern border. The Department of Defense is sending an additional 1,500 active duty troops to the region to help monitor sections of the border between customs checkpoints. A statement from the White House says the deployment is in response to the threat posed by international drug trafficking. Is this too little too late? I don't know that it's too late, but it is too little. I think we should be doing more, we should have done more, and we should always be leaving the door open to even more that needs to be done. I've talked about this so many times that we are ruining our immigration system in America and ruining the opinions of the American people about immigration because of illegal immigration and because of crimes at the border. We should be doing everything we can to secure the border so that we can have an immigration system we can be proud of as Americans. And I think if it's sold that way to the American people, maybe we can force Congress to work together to get something done. I'm glad something's happening from the White House. This is definitely a step in the right direction. There's no doubt about that. But a lot more needs to be done. And that's what experts are saying. It's not just me. Great job, Julia, uh, as always. And keep it locked here as all morning long we've been all over this story about this 1,500 troop deployment, a statement being made by the Department of Defense, Pentagon talking about this. I'm sure Jeff's going to have an update in the news, and we'll have updates all day long here. Download that KTAR news app. You'll be notified of breaking news stories and events that are happening and either directed to a story at KTAR.com or something happening on the air. It really is the best news app that's out there. Coming up in a moment, we're going to talk about bank failure. We're also going to talk about Bernie Sanders and his belief that he knows how much money is too much money and believes the government should act accordingly. We'll discuss it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, tomorrow you get a chance to win the hottest ticket in town. Of course, it's Suns playoff tickets in the 7 a.m. hour, 11 a.m. hour, and 4 p.m. hour. Each hour, we will be calling a different name. If your name is called, you get a chance to register to win Suns tickets as they play the Denver Nuggets. Just text the word TICKET to 411-923 to get registered. That's TICKET to 411 923. This conversation about capitalism is so funny to me. It's interesting. I've been watching a lot of videos lately of, of experts from around the world talking about money and poverty. And it's interesting, the socialists, and, and Bernie Sanders is a very big one of those, um, believes that the government is the answer. And I've never have – in any instance, I want you to think – this is one of those things I love because it doesn't matter if you're talking to a room full of Democrats or a room full of Republicans. Nobody trusts the government, nor should they. We – our founding fathers wanted everyone to have a healthy suspicion of government. They divided our government up with the separation of powers. So that they, because they knew that absolute power corrupts absolutely, that we didn't want a king or a queen because then you are under the subjection of a good or a bad king or queen. That societies thrive under a good king or queen or they are horribly treated under a bad one. And so dividing the powers up so that the president didn't have all the power and the House of Representatives and the Senate making up the legislative branch didn't have all the power and that the courts were there to make sure that they fit within the confines of the Constitution. It isn't a perfect system, but it's much better than anything we've ever seen. Our Constitution explicitly limits the power of government. It's an amazing document. 
It doesn't spell out the rights of the people. It limits the power of the federal government, and it assumes that any power that is not explicitly given to the federal government in that document is assumed to be the power of the states. It is my belief that the federal government was never supposed to be as big or as powerful as it is right now, that we were supposed to be individual states that had a federal government and not the other way around. In other words, our governor and the people we elect to the state legislature should be a lot more concerning to us than members of Congress and the President of the United States. And I mean that with all due respect to our senators and Cinema and Kelly into our representatives in the House of Representatives, but we should be a lot more concerned. You should be a lot more concerned about who you elect to the state Senate and the state legislature and the governor's office than you should to the federal government. Bernie Sanders is of the opposite belief. Bernie Sanders believes that if the government had all of the wealth of the wealthiest people in our country, our country would be better off. He believes that a billion dollars is the cap, that once you make $999 million, every dollar you make after that should be taxed at 100%. And that's what he told Chris Wallace. They had a little back and forth on tax policy. This is kind of fascinating. I think back in the Eisenhower days, top marginal tax rate was around 90 percent. That's right. So basically you're saying that we should go back at a certain point. You've got a dollar and 90 cents goes to the government. No, you know, that's not quite the way it works. It means that your top dollar at a certain level, it's not 90 percent of your entire income. Well, by the time you make 20 or 50 billion dollars, it's the top dollar. So we have corporations like Walmart and you have corporations. I mean, if you look, I want you to um, and I none of these people would speak for themselves, but I'm going to like if there are representatives that live here in, in, in Arizona from the Walmart, from the Walton family, they live here. The Schoen family, which is U-Haul, the Holly family, which is discount tire. Um Bob Parsons and his wife, the two of them that have their foundations. He was the founder of GoDaddy. Uh, those are just a few of the billionaires that live at least part of the time here in Arizona, homestead out of Arizona. Um, and I will tell you that um, I don't know any of them. Um, I've met a couple of them, but I don't know any of them. But they if you look at what they've done with their wealth, if you look at just what the foundation does from um, – the Parsons family and the millions of dollars that they give away. It's an incredible thing. What kills me is that even if you disagree with me on some level with this, if you believe that the federal government would do a better job with the trillions of dollars in wealth that this country has, more so than the private sector, you are too far gone to ever understand anything about what's hap- uh, that's ever happened in the world. A society where the government controls the wealth. You tell me one of those countries that's better off. I can give you plenty of examples off the top of my head where it doesn't work that way. Venezuela is the most recent example. Look at the Cuban people. That wasn't that long ago when Fidel Castro came into the Cuban people during the revolution and he was going to save the Cuban people. The guarantee for the Cuban people was that they would share in the wealth of Cuba. Everybody would work and everybody would share in its wealth and they all would prosper and they loved him for it. They couldn't wait to get off that island. They still can't wait. They build boats to get off that island in rowboats, risking their lives to get away from that government. 
It is absolutely, unequivocally insane to look at the way that the American federal government wastes money. The way they can't account for it. There are billions and billions of dollars. I I would imagine it would be over a trillion, but I know it's at least hundreds of billions of dollars that the federal government cannot account for, whether it's actual dollars or it's equipment. If you look at what happened and the fraud that happened when we had the PPP loans and how foreign countries were getting billions and billions of U.S. dollars while we were trying to keep the American economy afloat and that money is gone. If American businesses, whether they're big or small, ran their companies with the same lax accountability that the federal government does, those corporations would be shut down and their leaders would be in prison. It's, it, they, they are violating the very laws that they create and hold businesses accountable for. And Bernie Sanders believes that after you make a billion dollars, one billion dollars, that every dollar after that should go to the federal government, 100 percent of it. And it is an I, I'm glad he's saying it. I hope he continues to say it. And what he continues to talk about is people that don't have health care and people that are hungry and they can't pay for prescriptions. But how has the federal government ever solved that problem? We are thirty two trillion dollars in debt. And he is going to preach to the billionaires in this country on how to manage money. We are $32 trillion in debt. They have not solved the health care problem in America. They continue to prop up these ideas, telling people that don't have money that somehow they are going to save them if they just take more money from the wealthy. They've never fixed your life. They've never made it better. They've never helped you in those ways, and yet you keep going back to that trough instead of it being us against the government. And I'm talking about right and left. I'm going to disagree with Democrats and how government money should be spent. That's the difference that we have in policy about how government should be. But you mean to tell me that we aren't joined at the hip in our criticism of being $32 trillion in debt? We may disagree on where the cuts should be made, and that's where politics comes into play. But the fact that anybody out there believes that giving over the enormous amount of American wealth to a government that's already proven that it's going to be wasteful, is if you think that's the right thing to do, they've done nothing to show that they're trustworthy with it. Nothing. And Bernie Sanders continues to use class warfare as a tool to divide America, and he cannot cite one time where it works. People are not better off when the government controls the wealth. They just aren't. And he talks about other capitalist countries that have health care for their countries, and it's not American health care. It is just the idea that we are going to have the government fix the problem is anti-American. That's not how this country was founded. The country was founded by people that got away from an oppressive government and gave the power back to the citizens. I just don't understand why we are doing what we're doing. There was a big announcement made today. The White House is going to be sending troops to the border. We're going to give you more details on what all of that means and how soon it's going to happen coming up here before we close it out. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. 
Hey, just a few minutes left before we close it out. The big news, the White House saying that the uh, they are sending troops. They are going to send troops down to the southern border. They will not be in any way in a law enforcement capacity. They will be in an advisory and support role. Um, as a matter of fact, the DHS statement on this and the request, uh, DOD personnel will be performing non-law enforcement duties such as ground-based detection and monitoring, data entry and warehouse support. DOD personnel have never and will not perform law enforcement activities or interact with migrants or other individuals in DHS custody. This support will free up DHS law enforcement personnel to perform their critical law enforcement missions. Uh, Senator uh, Kirsten Cinema said that she's glad that this is happening. She said they must do more to enact a real workable plan to secure our border, keep Arizona safe and secure, and ensure migrants are treated fairly and humanely. Um, so do you think 1,500 people, is this the solution to the problem that's happening at our U.S. border? Title 42 has not yet expired. The number of people that are expected to cross is supposed to increase. But here are some statistics in a seven-day period. Now, I want you to keep in mind, 1,500, the number going down in a support role will be 15. Will those 1,500 additional people in a support role be enough to put a big dent in this problem? Never mind cure it. We're not talking about a cure. But is this going to be a big dent in this problem? Um, The Week in Review, one agent was assaulted. 51,560 people were apprehended. 17,000 gotaways, approximately 17,000 gotaways. So that is almost 70,000 people that crossed the border in a seven-day period. That's 10,000 a day. Um, $31,000 in cash, 614 pounds of cocaine, 540 pounds of marijuana, 246 pounds of methamphetamine, 54 pounds of fentanyl, 19 pounds of heroin, 10 firearms, 17 sex offenders, and five gang members. This was all in a seven-day period before the expiration of Title 42. So again, to be clear, I'm glad the White House is doing something, but is this going to amount to window dressing? And what I mean by that, the president of the United States or the Pentagon speaking about this, when the president speaks out, I don't know. But um, Karine Jean-Pierre said that uh, it, illegal immigration has decreased 90 percent, which is a farce. But in addition to that, the American people have an expectation Think about what was happening, and I think the number was over 20,000, and I was looking for clarification, and I don't want to be wrong, but I'm going to have the number by tomorrow. When um, January 6th happened in Washington, D.C., now we have a Capitol Police Department, we know that, um, but Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, put a fence around the Capitol building, around the U.S. Capitol, and then brought in about 20,000 plus, I believe that was the number, um, National Guard troops, armed to the teeth National Guard troops, to protect the U.S. Capitol after January 6th. We're talking about 50 thousand people caught in a week and another 17,000 gotaways in one week. How is 1,500 people the answer to that problem? Again, grateful that something is being done. But if we are going to be told that this is going to be a solution to the problem because now they can focus on the drugs and the narco-terrorists that are uh, controlling our border, I don't know that this is going to be enough, especially when you factor in what they expect the surge to be. That is another issue completely. Don't you think? It is absolutely another issue.
And that's where, when you look at this, um, the American people have reason to be upset. The, and I, I said before, we deserve a flourishing immigration system. It's the best we are uh, of who we are when we have immigrants, the American dream. When you hear of someone that is in this country legally, that has lived the American dream, they've earned their green card, they've fed their family. I've told these stories over and over again of my firsthand accounts of dealing with immigrant families growing up, how and where I did. They are amazing stories, amazing stories. And yet we continue to see <clears throat> more and more people in America down on the idea of legal immigration. I, I think it's amazing. I feel for the dreamers. I think the dreamers are the biggest example of a failed immigration system that this country has. We have failed the dreamers in this country. And the the horrible thing about it is what is happening right now is creating an even bigger problem in the next generation of the dreamers. And we haven't solved the problem with the dreamers yet. America deserves better and window dressing and something like this is a step in the right direction. If this is going to be if this is going to be the final step that's taken to be the solution to the problem, you and I both know that this is going to be nothing more than a talking point that we've done something in a campaign. And Americans deserve better than just a talking point. At Broomhead KTAR is my personal Twitter account. At Broomhead Show updates you on our guests and the things we're doing on the show. If you want to find me on Instagram, Mike Broomhead, all one word, please find me there. Follow me. We can interact between shows. We'll be back tomorrow morning just after 8 o'clock to start another edition of the Mike Broomhead Show. Thanks for being here today. We'll be back again tomorrow morning. Until then, God bless.